My friends, in the crowd of faces, Jesus sees you, he sees you, and he sees you, and he loves you, and he cares for you, and he's not, in, not indifferent towards you. My question to you and to me is this. Do we see people the same way Jesus sees people? You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm. How many of you guys like when people listen to you when you talk? Raise your hand. All of us, right? Isn't it amazing when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're not on their phone, they're not scrolling through social media, they're genuinely listening to what you're saying. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a conversation where you knew exactly that the person across from you was not listening to you? We've all experienced that, right? We've, and how did that make you feel? It, make you, it made you feel unheard. It made you feel maybe unwanted. It made you feel like maybe you don't even matter. Many of us have experienced that, and I would venture to say that you and I have been on both sides of the spectrum. We've been on the side where we're not listening to somebody, and we've also been on the side when somebody is not listening to us. Now, what if I was to tell you that every single one of us this morning has a problem with listening? What if I was to tell you that if we only solved this one problem, our life would look very different? What if I was to tell you about a person who exists that listens to you 100% of the time, that understands what you're going through, that is not indifferent to you? Imagine what your life would look like if you knew that this person existed, that they love you, they care for you, they validate everything you're thinking about. They're never distracted from what you're seeing. Sounds incredible, right? Well, this is the reality that I want to talk to you guys about today that's written in the Gospel of Mark. And if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them. We're going to be in Mark chapter 10. We're going to be in verses 46 through 52. And because all of us have a listening problem, this, is, this message, I believe, applies to, to all of us. We all need to become better listeners because our life will improve. How is that going to happen? What's the Bible going to teach us? So Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Um, Jesus is going to heal a blind man named Bartimaeus. Starting in verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, Have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus stopped. It's going to be very important. Jesus said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, He sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is the place where 
they came to Jericho, and from Jericho to Jerusalem, it's a 3,500 feet um, incline, and Jesus is going to the cross. He's going to the cross. He's going to the cross with his disciples, and they're walking on this road with crowds around them, and there's this man, a blind beggar, who is on the side of the road, and his name is Bartimaeus. Now, what's interesting to note is that Bartimaeus means son of honor. So immediately we see that for Jesus, people who are on the side of the road, those who are marginalized, those who are forgotten, those to whom maybe no one is listening to, Jesus is calling them sons of honor. That's a hope for you and for me today. So this blind man, the son of Timaeus, which means son of honor, he was sitting by the roadside. Now here's what I want to say, that Bartimaeus, even though he was blind, he did not allow his condition to cripple his vision. There's a huge difference. All of us can be in some sort of a condition right now. Maybe we're not the perfect spouse. We're not the perfect parent. We're not the perfect employee. We're not the perfect human citizen. We're not the perfect community member. But Bartimaeus understood all of that, and his condition did not allow him to be crippled. He understood that he was blind, but his vision was much bigger than what he could not see. So very often, for you and for me, we need to think bigger than our problems or our issues. Because God is coming. Jesus is coming. And you might be thinking you're sitting on the sidelines, but guess what? Jesus is coming, and he's going to tag you, and he's going to say, you're going to get in the game. That's what's happening here. So Bartimaeus understood his condition, but it did not allow him for his vision to be crippled. Now I want you guys to pay attention to what's happening here. The Bible says when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This blind beggar, Bartimaeus, he lived in anticipation of what Jesus was going to do in his life. He was still on the side of the road. He was still blind. He was still poor. He was still a beggar. He did not have his life together, but he knew Jesus was coming, and he had an air of anticipation about him. He was anticipating what Jesus was going to do. And I want to ask you this question. Do you have that anticipation in your life? Your marriage might not be where it needs to be. Your career might not be where it needs to be. Your finances might not be where they need to be. Your health is not where it might need to be. But guess what? Jesus is coming. Jesus is on his way. And so for you and for me, we need to develop this air of anticipation. When things are not going my way, it's okay. Why? Because Jesus is coming. Jesus is on the way. So the Bible says when he heard that, it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here's the problem with you and with me. Sometimes we have sight but no vision. Sometimes we can clearly see, but we don't understand what God's trying to do. You know, many of us are healthy in terms of the fact that we can see, but we have no bigger, grander vision for our life, and we only see what's in front of us or what's inside of our household. But Jesus has a much bigger vision. Maybe, just maybe, Bartimaeus just wanted to receive sight temporarily, but Jesus wanted to give him life eternally. Maybe our prayers are not big enough to God. Maybe God does not just want to give you a bigger paycheck. He wants you to know how to control your finances so you can bless people in your life. 
Maybe God doesn't just want you to have a bigger house. He wants you to have a house so grand you can house hundreds of people and be hospitable. Maybe you're Maybe God doesn't just want your marriage to be better for you, for the husband and wife, but so that you can be an example to countless of other couples. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? We sometimes have sight, but we have no vision. And the problem is the fact that Bartimaeus, being blind, saw Jesus more clearly than the disciples who saw very clearly but had no vision. This is the contrast that's happening here. Bartimaeus is blind, yet he sees Jesus. But the disciples have sight, yet they have no vision of Jesus. This is what's happening here. Bartimaeus is on the side of the road begging Jesus to heal him while the disciples are on the road with Jesus requesting that they sit on the left and right hand with Jesus. The people that spent the most time with Jesus had no vision of who he was, yet the people who are marginalized, who are oppressed, who we think are the farthest from God, are the ones who see Jesus the clearest. May that not be with us who follow Jesus. This past week, um, I was basically having um, interaction with a group of people who were not believers. These are people who maybe know God, maybe on an abstract level. They don't go to church regularly. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. But somehow, they believe in God and they believe in prayer. And so we were with these people and... Um, the person that introduced me to them, she said, um, they would like for you to pray for them. Now, I knew their background. I knew that they're not believers. I know they don't go to church. I know they don't read their Bible. And these people were like, hey, can you please pray for us? And so I said, sure, no problem. And I, and I just started praying. And as I began to pray, I only knew one person's name in this group. And I just thought to myself, well, how about I just say one person's name, we'll put them under the blessing umbrella, and they're going to be satisfied with it. But oh no, my friends, these people were very different. As I began to pray, I keep feeling a tug on my jacket, and they're saying, wait a minute, mention this person's name. Wait a minute, mention this person's name. They kept interrupting my prayer the entire time because they wanted me to mention every single member of their family by name in the prayer because that's how much they believed that God would bless them. And these are people who don't read the Bible regularly, don't go to church regularly, don't do godly things regularly, yet for some reason, they have a vision for God even though their sight is not there. Can I get an amen to this? Very often it happens, people who are not even churched are hungrier for the things of God. Their faith is greater People who are beggars on the side of the road have a vision of Jesus bigger than the disciples who are on the road. I haven't even started preaching yet. Sometimes we have sight, but we have no vision. Now, if you look at this story, you see Bartimaeus, the son of honor. He's on the side of the road, and look what happens. Many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what happens? Opposition fans into flame your faith. And persistence and desperation is the doorway to the kingdom of God. That's what happens. We as Christians should live with so much faith that we say to people, say I won't. Say my marriage won't survive. Say my church won't grow. Say I won't be healthy. It's going to happen. And you know what we do? We cry out all the more. 
It doesn't matter the winds of opposition. It doesn't matter what my friends think, what my family who doesn't believe in God thinks, what my employer thinks. My goal is to please God, and that's it. And if I please God, it does not matter whom I displease. So Bartimaeus is brave. He's courageous. He might not have sight, but he has vision, and he knows that Jesus, the son of David, can heal him. So many people come to him. They rebuke him. They tell him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. My friends, the kingdom of heaven is not for the confident, but for the desperate. The kingdom of heaven is not for people who have it all together. The people who are going to the kingdom of heaven are the ones whose life is falling apart. Jesus said, I did not come for the well, but for the sick. This is why Jesus is the great physician. So when you're in your lowest point, when you're in the point of desperation, that is a fertile ground for God to do the miraculous. It's not for the confidence, for the desperate. Bartimaeus was desperate. You know, everybody who was walking with Jesus, they could see clearly and, fa- and fine and normally. And so for, for them to think that this person just needed sight, it was not a big deal. But my friends, when you're sick, even the most normal functions of your body seem supernatural to you. If any of us have been sick before, like we don't have an appetite or we can't smell or maybe you've had eye, eyesight problems, we know that God, if you just give me this one thing back, my life will be perfect. That's what Bartimaeus was saying. He was desperate for a healing. He was desperate for Jesus. That's why your desperation is a doorway to faith. And I love what Bartimaeus did. It says, the Bible says, he cried out all the more. My friends, I want to ask you, have you cried out all the more in your life? Where in your life is the most desperate point? Where in your life do you think it's falling apart where you feel like there's no hope? That, my friends, your desperation is a doorway to faith. That is the place when you start worshiping Jesus, when you start praising him. Bartimaeus didn't care about the crowds. Who cares what people say? You sing loud, you pray loud, you read your Bible, you preach loud, you tell other people about Jesus. It does not matter what people think of you. What matters is what God thinks of you. And if God approves of you, if God approves of you, that's what you need. God is with you. So your desperation is a doorway to heaven. Now I want you to understand something, that your desperation and your cry for help and your persistence is what will get the attention of Jesus. That's what happens here. Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. He's a beggar. He's blind. He has no position. He is desperate. He's at his wit's end. He's at the end of his life. He's at the end of his rope. He has nothing else, no one else to cry out to except Jesus. And look what happens when Jesus walks by. Jesus doesn't just walk by. Jesus stops. The Bible says Jesus stopped. So we might be thinking, well, Jesus, of course, he was a healer and he loved people and he was compassionate. Of course, Jesus stopped, but not, I want you to take it a step further. In the Greek, Jesus stopped means Jesus stood still. You know why Jesus did that? Because when he hears your cries of desperation, it's a doorway to the kingdom of God and that's when miracles begin to happen. He hears your persistence, and that's the way to get the attention of God. So if you remember the story of Stephen, when he was getting martyred for the faith, the Bible says Jesus stood up. When Bartimaeus was crying out, Lord, save me, Lord, heal me, Jesus stood up. Jesus will stand for Stephen, Jesus will stand for Bartimaeus, and Jesus will stand for you. If only you cry out to him. 
Desperation is nothing to be embarrassed of. In fact, that is the only thing that qualifies you for the grace of God. When we come to God and we're like, God, my life is falling apart. My marriage is falling apart. My finances are falling apart. My career is falling apart. My health is falling apart. Every area of my life seems to be not going well. Jesus, I, have, I don't have the sight, but I have the vision. So we begin to live in that vision. We begin to live as if we already received everything we could ever want because that's the truth. So Jesus stopped. For Bartimaeus, I believe Jesus is going to stop for you. He's going to stand for you. He's on our side. He is for us. Look at this incredible text. Jesus stopped and said, call him. I mean, this can be like a whole sermon series on itself. Jesus called him. You know what Jesus saw? Jesus did not see a victim. Jesus did not see a blind person. Jesus did not see a marginalized person on the outskirts of society. Jesus saw a person whom he loved. We're not just ordinary people for Jesus. We're not just a project. We are people whom he loves, that he's going to the cross. My friends, Jericho, Jerusalem, 3,500 feet uh, um, ascend onto Jerusalem and Jesus is stopping and he's like, I'm going to the cross for you. My friends, in the crowd of faces, Jesus sees you, he sees you, and he sees you and he loves you and he cares for you and he's not, in, not indifferent towards you. My question to you and to me is this, do we see people the same way Jesus sees people? Are our needy friends who suffocate us with their need for our attention and their need for us listening to them. Are they a project for us or are they a person whom God loves? In the midst of our busyness, of our work schedules and our family schedules and our career schedules, do we have time to stop for the people that need us most? Do we have time to stop and help the people who cannot help us in return? That's the question I want to ask you and I today. So Jesus stops, he calls him, he's not this victim of parenting or a victim of society. No, Jesus is like, you're a real person, and I love you, and I'm going to help you. Do we look at people like that? So Jesus stops, he calls him, and they call the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. That's a clarion call. That's a prophetic call for you, my friends. I don't know what you're going through. Take heart. Get up. He's calling you. He's calling you to greatness. He's calling your family to greatness. He's calling your spouse to greatness. He's calling you to scale mountains for his glory. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like for you, but you're not done. God has just begun with you. Your best days are still ahead of you. Your greatest miracles that God will do in your life are still ahead of you. Your greatest breakthroughs are still ahead of you. If you think God has blessed you thus far, you have not seen anything yet. I believe that, my friends. Do you? We believe that. We might not have sight, but we have vision. So Jesus is saying, take heart, get up. He's calling you, my friends. I don't know what your week was like, but my friends, take heart. He's calling you. Get up out of the side of the road. Jesus is going to do something great in your life. So as we continue this text, don't you find it incredibly ironic and peculiar that Jesus asks Bartimaeus this question. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, 
isn't it obvious? This man is blind. Bartimaeus should have answered, Jesus, don't you see? I can't see. Don't you understand, Jesus, what I need help and healing in? But my friends, like I said before, Jesus does not look at you as a problem or as a victim. He truly wants to care for you, and he truly wants to heal you. So he truly cares about the person. You know, Jesus wants to do in you far more than you've ever dreamed of. You think that your biggest issue or your biggest problem in life is, you know, fill in the blank? I bet you that's going to be nothing compared to what God wants to do in your life. He's going to do greater things. We sing a song like that, and it's true. So Jesus comes to the blind man. He's treating him like a normal human being, not less than, not a marginalized person in society, not a victim. He comes to him, and he says, how can I help you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now, if we read this verse very quickly, we might think, well, cool. Rabbi means teacher. Bartimaeus probably heard of Jesus, a great teacher walking around healing people. And that's what he's referring to him by. But I want to say this to you. Rabbi, in this original Greek, means Rabboni. And Rabboni was the only title that was used of divinity. This blind beggar who cannot see physically, he sees spiritually. This is God. That God came to heal him. That God came to save him. He says, Rabbi, he says, God, I know you are the God of the universe. I may not see physically, but I can see spiritually. My friends, you might be a blind beggar on the side of the road. Maybe your finances are not where they are, but Jesus is coming. Maybe your health is not where it is, but Jesus is coming. Maybe your family is not where they need to be, but Jesus is coming. Maybe your job is not where it needs to be, but Jesus is coming. Maybe your calling is not yet realized, but Jesus is coming, my friends. And the blind man said, Rabboni, I know you are God. I know you can be the one who recovers my sight. And this is why I love Jesus, that he doesn't just want to do something to you. Jesus wants to do something with you. He doesn't just want to give you temporary sight. He wants to give you eternal life. He doesn't just want to fix your finances. He wants you to understand that money is a gift from God and you should worship with it. He doesn't just want you to become healthy. He wants you to understand that he's the great physician. He doesn't just want you to remove your anxiety or your depression. He wants you to understand that he went to the cross to die for your anxiety, to die for your depression, to die for your uncertainty. Jesus wants to do something with you, something far greater than we can ever imagine. And this is why Jesus can transform you from a beggar beside the road to a disciple on the road. This is what Jesus does. If you look at this particular text, the blind beggar began to be on the side of the road, but after he had this encounter with Jesus, he became a disciple on the road. So my friends, maybe you're on the side of the road, but guess what? You're, you might not have had any say in what happened in your past, but you do have a say what happens in your future. The past, my friends, is a, is a place of reference. It is not a place of residence. 
So if you're somebody here this morning who you're like, God, I am a beggar on the side of the road. My friends, if you become a beggar on the side of the road and you call desperately out for Jesus Christ, guess what he makes you? He makes you a disciple on the road because later on in the text, we see the beggar who was once on the side of the road. He's following Jesus and church historians tell us that Bartimaeus became one of the great leaders in the Jerusalem church. My friends, as we wrap up this text, I'd like us all to stand. I'd like us to understand what Jesus Christ did for us. Like Bartimaeus, we were all blind until Jesus gave us sight. Like Bartimaeus, we were all beggars beside the road until Jesus made us disciples who were on the road following Jesus. Like Bartimaeus, we were all outsiders whom nobody cared about. And then Jesus came and said, come to me, rise up, get up, I'm going to give you sight. Like Bartimaeus, we were all bystanders until we became disciples. Like Bartimaeus, we were all poor until Jesus gave us the richness of himself. Like Bartimaeus, we were all prisoners of our condition until Jesus procured our freedom. When he rescued us from being beggars beside the road. Like Bartimaeus, we were all experienced people hearing us but not listening to us until Jesus heard us, listened to us, and saved us. And like Bartimaeus, every person in here has experienced being marginalized, being looked over, not chosen, not validated until Jesus looked at us, chose us, approved us, and saved us. My friends, Jesus Christ is the one who comes into your life. He loves you. He wants to heal you. He wants to help you. He wants to stabilize you. He wants to make your life a supernatural miracle because that's what our God does. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm.